to Victory Alabang Podcast. We hope this message encourages and inspires you today. And today happens to be Palm Sunday. And uh, the reason why we're all uh, celebrating this, the whole Christendom is actually considering this as a special day. The day when Jesus entered Jerusalem 2,000 years ago together with his disciples. The day wherein the people were shouting out, uh, Hosanna, Hosanna, the day when uh, people were putting down palm branch branches on the road as he was passing through. And so this was the day when uh, when the ministry of Jesus was getting really strong after three years of teaching his disciples. However, the Pharisees, on the other hand, were planning out something devious, a plan to trap Jesus, a plan to just uh, foil his uh, his plans because he was getting really, really popular for the people. And as the disciples and Jesus were entering into Jerusalem, they were actually anticipating great things. So allow me to just read our text this morning as we uh, celebrate uh, and remember this Palm Sunday. In Luke chapter 19, if you have your Bibles there with you, I encourage you to open it. But Luke chapter 19, verse 28 to 44. And when he had said these things, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem, when he drew near to the to Bethpage and Bethany at the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of his disciples saying, Go into the village in front of you, where on entering you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? You shall say this, the Lord has need of it. Can you say those words with me? The Lord has need need of it. So those who were sent away, or so those who were sent went away and found it just as he had told them. Verse 33, and as they were untying the colt, the owner said to them, why are you untying the colt? And they said, the Lord has need of it. And they brought it to Jesus and throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. And as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road, and as he was drawing near, already on the way down to the Mount of Olives, and the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. And he answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones will cry out. This is the reading of God's word. Let's just pray right now. Father, thank you so much for our time this morning. And even as we gather together in different places, I thank you, Lord God, that you will speak to us. Holy Spirit, we thank you, Lord God, that you will anoint the preaching of your word. And may you bring this word to encourage and to inspire and to help all of us to have faith and have hopeful expectation in your goodness upon us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so this is the same story found in the other three Gospels, in Matthew, in Mark, and even in John. And But yet this account were, uh, was written in different perspective by the different Gospel writers. It was a time in the Passover when every Israelite would actually go back uh, to Jerusalem to celebrate this feast, a very important feast that they were celebrating for many, many years. Some historians would say that about 2 million people would actually go into Jerusalem and they would gather on this particular week and wherein uh, they would actually celebrate 
this feast, it's a remembrance during the time of Moses when they were actually crying out for deliverance. Passover was a way of them remembering when God brought deliverance in, uh, in among the Israelites from the land of Egypt. However, they were actually, you know, being uh, uh, put into slaves by this empire called the Egyptians. And similarly, Jerusalem at the time of Jesus, they were under the rulership of Rome. And so this, there was some parallelism in this and the disciples of Jesus were getting excited because they were so- somehow seeing that Jesus is probably the one that is sent uh, by God to deliver them. In fact, earlier that week on Sunday, he told his disciples to go and get the donkey that was tied and say to the owner, the Lord needs it. In fact, if you are watching this, I don't want you to go to your neighbor and, uh, you know, ask about the car and say to that neighbor of yours, the Lord needs that car because, you know, this happened actually in the time of Jesus. But during this time, the disciples were anticipating the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecy that God is sending a king, that God is sending a Messiah to them to save them. In fact, this particular prophecy was written by uh, the prophet Zechariah in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. And let me read this. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming on you, righteous. And having salvation is he, humble, and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And this is interesting because the disciples knew this prophecy they were anticipating that this king is coming. And somehow when they were observing Jesus, their teacher, the one who's led them for three years, the one who showed them, uh, you know, the different miracles, the one who multiplied the bread, the one who healed people, and the one who raised people from the dead. Surely this is the one that they were expecting. This is the one that they were anticipating. You know, the disciples did not really understand the ministry of Jesus because Jesus' decision to do this was not just to fulfill the prophetic word of the prophet Zechariah, but somehow he was contradicting the prevailing notion that people have over the kingdom that he was talking about. However, the disciples were really expecting this. The excitement was building. Anticipation was growing. Their joy was bubbling forth as they are seeing this particular man riding on a donkey. And that's why the people got excited and they were actually just expecting and they were shouting and they were chanting something about, you know, them uh, celebrating this ruler that's about to come. In a similar account in the Gospel of Mark, uh, chapter 11, verse 8 and 9, let me read that. And many spread their cloaks on the road and others spread leafy branches or palm branches is where get, we get the the Sunday, uh, Palm Sunday, and they cut, uh, that they cut from the fields. Verse nine, and those who went before and those who were there were shouting, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is, uh, the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. They were shouting this words, Hosanna, 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 which simply means, Save us now. They were expecting a king coming from the lineage of King David. That this is the Messiah. That this is the king. In the same way that David ruled over them. And they saw how David uh, fought on, on behalf of the Israelites uh, against the Philistines. They were expecting Jesus 
to fight for them, to represent them, to actually overthrow the Roman Empire. They were expecting a political kingdom. They were expecting an economic king. They were expecting some reforms. You know, they were chanting, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna. Hosanna, Lord, save us. You know, this is actually taken even from uh, Psalm 118, which is a thanksgiving for victory. What this actually means during that time, the disciples and the people were actually shouting a political chant. They were crying out, you know, kind of like what we did back in uh, 1986 in Elsa. We were crying out a change of government, a change of uh, rulership. Tamana, you know, palitana or something like that. And they were now shouting, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna. They were putting their faith in the hands of this person who was riding on the donkey. In fact, Jesus did not even stop them from shouting those words. Remember the times when Jesus would do a miracle and people would get excited and, you know, they would actually want to say things about him and they would tell them, you know, not to say to anyone about what they have seen or heard of or experienced. But this time around, Jesus did not stop them because the time has now come. The people were expecting and anticipating a powerful and a political king to somehow move forward and give them a new lifestyle or a new uh, living environment under the rulership of Jesus. What a powerful king this would be. Can you imagine if Jesus would have been, you know, they were probably anticipating if Jesus would be king, then we would have free food every time, that we would actually have free, um, you know, um, hospitalization, free healing every time we need healing. We would actually see our, our, our loved ones being raised from the dead. So they were excitement, uh, excited about this. Uh, the excitement was building up uh, in their hearts about this coming king. The people could not contain this excitement towards Jesus. They were anticipating that this king would be a powerful king, a king with military might, that he would actually take charge of his, of his army and actually help them have a brand new way of living. Some of the Pharisees told Jesus to stop his disciples even. And uh, what they were saying is, I tell you, you know, Jesus was correcting the, the Pharisees. And he said, you know, I tell you, if, if you stop them, even the very stones uh, would cry, cry out these words, Hosanna. It was time to declare about Christ. What a day. What a wonderful day for the disciples and the followers of Jesus during that time. That was Palm Sunday. But as you sit back and look at the events that followed during that day, and even the events leading to Friday, did the disciples really get what they were expecting about the Messiah? Do you think they got what they were anticipating? You know, there's a big re- a difference between reality and expectation. You know, uh, when Shirley and I got married, when we were uh, like a young couple and, uh, at the age of 22, uh, we got married. And after two years, God gave us Bea. Uh, we were both 24. Uh, she was our firstborn. And when we were 26, another child came uh, by the name of Jerome, and he's our son. So when Bea and Jerome uh, were, were with us, uh, we somehow anticipated and expecting uh, that we would be able to, you know, put them uh, to school and even anticipate that they'll be finished by college 
by me, me being 48. And so that was anticipation, you know. We married young and somehow uh, this has its benefit as well. If you start early, then you kind of finish early. But yet something happened that we did not anticipate. An unfortunate thing happened when my son contracted a sickness, a bacterial meningitis called TB meningitis. And he was eight years old at that time. And that was like uh, 17 years ago. Unfortunately, after about two and a half months, my son passed away. And that really dashed uh, our dreams somehow of, uh, you know, seeing that our son would be able to graduate. But that was very painful. However, God's grace was shown to us by God somehow giving us two more daughters. And these are two beautiful daughters that we consider God's gift uh, to us. Although now I am 52 uh, and my two daughters are still studying in high school, uh, there's a big difference uh, between what we initially have expected and planned. I thought that we'll be done sending our kids to school at the age of 48, but now at 52, my two girls are, my, of course, my eldest daughter is done with college and she's working already, but yet I have two younger daughters that are in high school. I did not anticipate that this uh, situation would actually allow me to send them to school until I am, I think I'm about 60, but no worries. You know, I'm excited. It's a pure joy having them. And I'm thankful for the fact that God has given us two new daughters, two more, uh, two daughters that are just so, um, a bundle of joy, uh, in our family. But this is not what we initially have expected and anticipated. I did not anticipate me losing one child. I did not expect that you know, one of my children will not even finish uh, college. In fact, he passed away when he was uh, an eight-year-old boy. This was not what we have anticipated. You know, the same way Jesus' followers had no way of knowing what awaited Jesus and them as they were entering Jerusalem. You know, that particular week was really an eventful week for them. Sunday was a great day for them. They were seeing the people shouting out, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. And yet Monday came uh, that week, and we see that if you read the scriptures, that Jesus uh, was the one cleaning the temple. That was one of the highlights of the Monday. Tuesday, we see the story of Jesus rebuking the fig tree. And so he was cursing the fig tree until it withered. This actually is a time when Jesus was teaching his disciples how to have faith. And even if they have a small faith, that is good enough. Uh, for them to, to, uh, uh, to please God as well. Wednesday, actually, we don't see any account, uh, what Jesus did, but Thursday is interesting because Thursday is the time of the Passover. It's also the same time that Jesus washed the disciples' feet. The time when Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane to, to pray as well. And yet Friday was the dark moment for the disciples. I'm pretty sure that the disciples did not anticipate that Friday was coming when Jesus had to, do, to go on the cross and die on that cross. You know, as they were looking at Jesus riding on this donkey, they were anticipating that this was the promised Messiah. Yes, Jesus was fulfilling prophecy. Yes, you know, that was the expectation and that was the anticipation. It was an exciting time, but yet in the days to follow, they did not see that and they were looking at that cross. You know, initially on that uh, first day of the week, they were all excited, but after just a few days, they were all scattered and they were all in hiding. 
They were fearful for their lives. Their Messiah is now dead. And what happened to the prophecy? The prophecy may have not been fulfilled. Their expectation and anticipation were dashed to pieces. Can we relate with the disciples of Jesus about this? You know, we have hopeful expectation of the future. We anticipate that we will find the right one. We anticipate that we will have great marriages. We anticipate that we will have a good job or maybe a nice career or maybe a great business that God has given to us. We anticipate that we will have a happy family and raise up great children. We anticipate that we will grow old and maybe retire someday and enjoy the benefits of the toil and the labor that we have actually sown in the past. We anticipate that, you know, earlier this year, when we were starting this year, we've anticipated that this year, 2020, will be a great year. But yet, things suddenly changed. And I'm for dreaming. I'm for expecting. I'm for anticipation. I'm for, you know, I'm for us, you know, wanting to just believe God for the best. But what happens when, when the things that we are anticipating does not push through? What happens when the bubble bursts? What happens when the things that we are hoping for is not met? How do we respond when these things happen? How do we respond when we don't end up to have the best person or the, not the right one? How do we respond when we don't have a great marriage? How do we respond when we lose our job or maybe our business go down the, the drain? How do we respond when our kids don't really grow up the way we're expecting them? To grow up? How do we respond when we realize that we won't really grow because maybe of a tragedy, maybe an accident or a sickness? How do you respond when our expectations for this year, 2020, will not come to realize because, you know, of the tragedies that we have faced in the first quarter alone? We didn't expect the Ta'al volcano to erupt. We didn't expect the COVID virus to come in January. We didn't expect this recession to happen that's affecting world economies even right now. This pandemic, this global economic recession that has come, these were not part of our expectation and anticipation. What do we do when our picture of the future does not come into focus like what we have anticipated? You know, sometimes life can be tough. Sometimes difficulties will come. Jesus himself said, in this world, we will have trouble, but... Take heart because he has overcome the world. Sometimes we feel like we want to give up. Sometimes we feel like we want to quit. We feel like our dreams and our anticipation is, you know, uh, nailed on that cross, dead because of the things that happened that we did not expect and anticipate. Maybe as you sit down in your living room or in your bedroom listening to this message, you probably feel that you are abandoned by God and you feel forsaken uh, during this season. Maybe a sickness visited you or maybe a loved one that you did not expect. Maybe even a death in the family. And, uh, you know, I, I send my condolences to those who've had those as well. And I'm sorry to hear some of the things that have happened to some families in our church. Maybe loss of a job. We didn't expect this. Or maybe a failed marriage. You know, and you feel that you have been abandoned. You feel that you have been forsaken by God. And I hope to beg to disagree because in the midst of all this, I believe that God is still 
doing something behind the scene. You know, Jesus was set to go to Jerusalem on that day and no one could stop him. He has one agenda in mind and his main purpose and his main goal is to save humanity. The reason why he entered Jerusalem is not to rule politically and to overthrow the Roman government. But his kingdom is a kingdom that will never end. He came to be a ransom for many so that we can have eternal life. He came to reign as king, the king of the eternal kingdom, wherein all of us, those who put our trust in him, will become his citizens. On that Friday also, that week we find Jesus hanging on that cross and he was crying out, Lord, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He himself felt abandonment. He himself felt that he was forsaken because he was scaring all the sins of humanity upon himself because he was paying the penalty for our sins. In fact, in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5 to 6, it says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds, we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. In fact, the death of Jesus on that cross is God's greatest expression of love for all of humanity. Yes, it was not something that the disciples were anticipating. It was not something that we were expecting, that they were expecting. It was green for them, but yet God has a special purpose, the reason why this thing had happened. Jesus died so that we can have life. Jesus died so that we can have peace. Jesus died so that we can have healing. And no matter how many failures or crashes we experience in life, none of them will ever have any effect on who God is. God's goodness does not really rely on our expectation or anticipation. God is good all the time, period. No matter what we expect, no matter what we anticipate, God does not change. And He will not change even in these changing times. And just because we may not realize our anticipation does not mean that we will not dream anymore. I encourage us to still dream. I encourage us to pray. I encourage us to have faith in the sovereign hand of God. I encourage us to still hope. I encourage us to have expectation uh, of what will happen even after all these things will have come to pass. It is good to persevere and have faith in the God who is sovereign over our lives. You know, just because Jesus did not do what his disciples expected him to do, does that mean that that was a disaster? Jesus died on a Friday. Darkness covered the place. But yet, I'm so glad that this phrase came about, but on the third day. But on the third day, I believe that this third day is coming to us. Just remember that phrase, on the third day. Something great will happen on the third day. Breakthroughs will happen on the third day. God's turnaround will happen on the third day. And I believe that though the disciples did not anticipate that though their Messiah was dead, yet on the third day, he rose up again from that death. On the third day, Jesus rose and he showed himself to his scattered disciples and he encouraged them. Because he lives, we know that he has overcome and he has defeated 
all our enemies. You know, I want to just end with this statement. Uh, we can trust in the goodness of our sovereign God who holds our future no matter what life will bring us. And I believe that this is an encouragement for us today that nothing definitely will separate us from His love. The point is this, no matter what you and I are going through right now, God loves us and that will never change. And I'm going to read this last verse for us in Romans chapter 8, verse 38 to 39. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us. Not COVID-19, not recession, not loss of a job. Nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I still have faith to believe that this year, 2020, will still end up to be a fine year. Yes, we've gone through a lot in this, in the first quarter alone. We've been through a lot just looking at what's happening in the world today. But I believe that God still sits on the throne. God is sovereign. God loves us. And we can still have hopeful expectation and great anticipation that things will work out for us. Just remember this. The third day is coming. Let's just bow our heads and pray right now. Father, thank you so much that even during this time that we have gone through this situation, I pray, God, that you would help us to always look to you and put our faith and our hope and our trust in you. Receive the free gift of salvation that Jesus brings. When he died on that cross 2,000 years ago, this is exactly the purpose why he gave his life for us, so that we can be saved and that we can all be with him forever. And if you want to receive this gift of eternal life, I want you to pray this prayer from your heart right now. I'm leading you uh, with this prayer. Just follow along with me. Let's just pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for going to the cross 2,000 years ago to pay the penalty for my sins. I want to say I'm sorry for what I have done, and I want to ask you to come and live inside of me. Give me a brand new life. Thank you, Lord, for giving me eternal life. I confess that Jesus is Lord, and I believe that he is raised from the dead. Thank you, Father. I receive you and your eternal life by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Allow me to just continue to pray for us. Lord, I thank you that us people, that we can actually have faith and a great anticipation for the future. I pray, God, that you would help us to have eyes to see that great things are up ahead. That, Lord, you, were, you will turn things around for us. And that, Lord, may this year be a year even of a turnaround. May this year, 2020, as we are moving forward, Lord, we pray that you will do miracles, supernaturally move uh, globally and stop this pandemic. We thank you, Lord God. Indeed, you are sitting on your throne and you're still ruling and reigning over us. I pray for your protection upon our families, upon the, the frontliners, upon the people that we love as well. Heal those who are sick, Lord, and comfort even those who have lost some loved ones. We thank you for your goodness that is unchanging, even in these changing times. In Jesus' name we pray. Thanks for listening. 
Make sure to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Feel free to share this message with your friends too. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.victorialamang.church.